0: Welcome, everyone to Uncharted and unfiltered so the last episode when we were being vulnerable and praying hey, praying,
1: hey. <laughs> <laughs> and the malawian emerges <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shoot.
0: the last. Uh, <clears throat> So the last episode, when we were being vulnerable and playing the question game, Nessa went over three times and was like, we can't be laughing. It won't make sense. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Go. <laughs> right. So everyone, the last episode that we did, we... Played a game on vulnerability and Nessa shared on <laughs> three <Stop it.
1: laughs> of Okay, let me just get it out. <laughs> My attention <laughs> out. is fixed. It's fixed
0: on me. <laughs> okay. okay, fine. <sighs> okay. <sighs>
1: So the last, yeah, I mean, like, last we are supposed to be raw and, and vulnerable. Hey, I might just leave the playing there. Just and leave point. it. Just leave it. Leave it. Leave it. John. Yo,
0: yo, yo. It was supposed to start with a whole oh, movie. Anyway, last okay. time, as I mentioned, we played a game <laughs> on vulnerability. We asked each other a few questions and I talked about Vanessa's resilience because of the loss that she's experienced in her life. So given that it's COVID, obviously a lot of people are going through losses, losses of love, losses of Mm -hmm. family as well as Black Lives Matter movement, as well as Nsars movement, as well as the movement in South Africa, I forgot what the hashtag is for that, and Namibia and Congo. Just there's a lot of loss happening across the continent and across the world. And I think this is a really important topic to talk about, even though it can be uncomfortable. I mean, it's never been uncomfortable for you, which is a start to this conversation. But I think the best thing that we can do is start with your story yeah i'll just give you the floor you can start with your story i guess your life story not the whole thing but okay. just the
1: <laughs> what is it, in relation to
0: this episode <laughs> i realized <laughs> they I was like wait. yeah
1: I'm like born the 12th of <laughs> exactly i
0: was like wait um yeah and then we'll go from there we'll, we'll we'll
1: talk about okay
0: we'll talk about grief from there and gratitude from there
1: okay so my story where to start Okay, the first loss, in quote, mm-hmm. that I ever experienced or was aware of was my big brother. His name was Sunganani. So he died when, I think he was like a year and a half or two from mm-hmm. malaria. Mm-hmm. So I found out when I was six or seven years old. And I remember being so sad because seeing his pictures and yeah, I think I, I was more sad that looking at my brother and being like, oh, I would have had a big brother and that would have just been somebody else I could have played with. Mm. So you would find this seven, eight, nine, 10, 11-year-old child just crying. Wow. And I'm like, I just miss my brother. So <laughs> I think that must have been very confusing for my mom because she was probably like, but you never knew
0: him. Mm. But...
1: <laughs> Mm. Yeah. But I think that was the first loss that I ever experienced. Mm. Oh, that was interesting. And that yeah, yeah. Oh, that one's interesting. Because there's the a yeah, whole question
0: right. on can you miss what you never had?
1: Yeah, my answer is definitely yes. Yeah. Cause yeah, I proper I I grieved. I grieved him. Mm. And then when I was eleven years old, I lost my mom to cancer. So mm. she had breast cancer. And she underwent surgery, but from what I understand is that it spread. So they didn't catch it all. Okay. Yeah. So I was 11 years old. Um, So she died nine days before my birthday. So that was pretty, pretty hard. And I remember I was in boarding school and... The driver coming to pick me up, and I remember my my cousin. uh, We were in boarding school together. We we were picked up together, and then he was like, "You know what? This does this is probably not good on your mom." And I was in such denial. I was like, "No." They just come to pick us up over the weekend because I was such a difficult child and mm. I wanted to be home every weekend. Mm. But what was weird was that when we got to Lilongwe, we were taken to one of my mom's friend's house, and then she is the one that broke the news to me and my brother. Yeah, because they brought my brother to me at my mom's friend's house, and then we were taken to my aunt, who is the first born on my mom's side, and she and her and my other aunts, her sisters, uh, broke the news to my brother and I. Yeah. So yeah. So so that was actually really, really heavy. Mm. And then I just remember, I think, after my mom dying, and I think I mentioned it, I don't know if I, if it was an episode or if it was just a chat with you, but I remember being like, oh my gosh, um, you know, there were so many things I still wanted to tell my mom. I think mm. I had just started dating a guy in Form 1. Yeah. And I was like, I need, I need to, t-, you know, she was making fun of me. She was like, oh, I hear you have a boyfriend. And I was like, yeah. no, I don't have a boyfriend. And I, I was just so mad at myself. I'm like, why didn't I just tell her? But I didn't tell her because she was annoyed me she was yeah, making yeah. fun of me so I was just like I'm not going to tell her now but then I was just like I should have told her um, because she was my best friend I remember actually as a kid being in the car sitting and having a conversation with her and she was just like I want you to be my best friend and I want us to you know I want you to feel free to tell me anything and I remember whenever she would call my dad would just when he would give me the phone he'd be like your best friend is on the phone <laughs> So I remember when she died I was just like oh my gosh I'm going to tell my dad everything. Mm. So I remember one time my dad picked me up from boarding school and me being in the car and being like how many girlfriends do you have in high school and he was like I don't know I think four and I was like I have one and then seeing his face change and being like <laughs> oh no so I was like I don't I was like I don't understand okay. why don't you want to talk about my boyfriend? <laughs> i was so confused <laughs> yeah so that was really really hard and i think dealing with my mom's death was the hardest because it was pre-teens and then being a teenager and then finding out i have a half-sister and then yeah. finding out that you know uh, all these things about my dad and trying to just navigate becoming a woman quote-unquote without my mom so that was, that was really hard. Mm. And then, yeah, I lost my dad in 2009. I was 21. So he had liver issues mm. and his, Im- his immune system was pretty, pretty bad and he had an asthma attack in hospital and died. Mm. So that was, he actually died during exams in uni. So I remember we would talk, we would talk every day Uh, While he was in the hospital and he was like, oh, no, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. And I remember actually the day before he died, I remember calling him and he was sounding so weird, Mm. like he was sounding so muffled. And I think part of me knew that something bad was about to happen Um, because I just felt heavy hearted. And I remember I had a dream and I don't know if it was God just preparing me as well. Mm. I had a dream. He had died. I had a dream that we had buried him and I was digging like with my hands
0: Trying to say, like,
1: no, 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 no. And him eventually, like, reappearing, like, standing next to me, and he was like, oh, it's going to be okay, type of a thing. Mm. And then in the morning, I remember I was just doing some revision, and then I got a phone call from a friend of mine, and she's like, I'm so sorry. And I thought that she meant that because dad was in the hospital, I'm like, yeah, it's been hard, but he's feeling better. And I remember her pausing and being a little confused Mm -hmm. and something in you was just like, don't push it further. Don't push or don't ask anything further. And I was just like, okay. And then I started to feel a little panic. And my roommate at the time, hey, God bless her. She she grabbed my phone and said, continue revising. And then she left. And then I found out that she made the phone call and she found out my dad died. Mm-hmm. But she came back and then she said, your dad is fine. Let's just write the exam. They said they'll call you after after the exam and i was like okay fine okay so i remember being in the exam room and then one of the invigilators stupid man but i guess i don't know i guess people people don't don't know how to handle death yeah um yeah so he was you know walking the whole like in the exam room like we straight in the hall yeah and then i remember him coming to my table and being like are you done and i was like nigga what <laughs> I was like, um, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean am I done? I'm like, clearly I'm not. But then my heart started to race again. So I got up and I ran to the bathroom. Oh, no. And and then my roommate and another friend ran after me and, the, and they calmed me down. They're like, let's just finish the paper and we'll, we'll deal with this later type of a thing. So I was like, yeah. okay, fine. So got back in the exam, finished the exam. And then I was taking the principal's office and there are still so my aunt and I just see yeah. So, yeah, so that was hard because my dad died at a time when we had reconnected. Like we had, mm-hmm. uh, like I mentioned before, we were friends and I think our relationship was was very healthy at the time. So that hurt a lot as well. But I think to a certain degree, it was, uh, I don't know, it's it's weird to describe. It was, I don't know, uh, I'm trying to find the word. Mm-hmm. It was very hard, but it was also, I don't know, I think my my strength and my comfort was actually being drawn from my faith and, and God. And I think at the time, I had a really good support system. I had Kay and yeah, and my friends came through. So I don't know. I think what happened was more of survival because I was just like, it's just my brother and I, you know, mm. so I have to figure out what what, what I'm going to do. I have to finish my studies. I have to get a job. I have to look after my brother. I have to make sure that he's also comfortable. And it was difficult, obviously, trying to also comfort my brother, but also trying to be in like an autopilot in a sense, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then 2012, I lost my brother to an accident. It was actually a very very stupid accident mm. you know that game that people play where they dangle behind a, a, a truck yeah yeah so he was doing that with his friends and he hit his head on on the road mm-hmm. so that's how he died he hit the back of his head so yeah so 2012 that left me very numb because my little brother was as much as we fought as kids <laughs> but my little brother was everything to me Mm. so that was that was the hardest that was the hardest loss mm. and I think that left me on E for the mm. longest of times and I was seriously just operating on on God yeah and yeah and <laughs> yeah. actually I remember when I I heard that he had died I remember me calling Keta and crying mm. and I remember I was actually house-sitting at mom's and then Keta coming and just holding me. And I remember we were sitting in, you know, the room just after mom's. Mm-hmm. The one, yeah. So I was sitting, I was sitting in the room and she was just holding me and I was just praying. And it was weird because the prayer was more of, thank you that my brother is no longer in pain. And I, I, I don't even... I I don't even understand why I kept praying that. I was like, thank you that my brother's no longer in pain. Thank you that he doesn't have to deal with, you know, this world anymore and things like that.
0: Mm. But
1: that was very, very painful for me. But Mm. but yeah, with time, you learn to live with it. Mm. How did
0: your grieving process look different for all three of those, all four of those? Because you mentioned your your process at six or seven which Mm. was mostly tears and missing this person that you don't have in your life Mm. because you see your little brother Mm. how did that look for losing your mom then losing your dad then losing your brother
1: yeah so for my big brother yeah my grieving process i think was more based on missing somebody that i didn't get the chance to know yeah and missing what could have been yeah 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 And he was the one like looking at the pictures that looked the most like my mom. So I think for me, I was just like, oh, I think for me, it was just more of just wishing that we could have been a bigger family. So, yeah. So that grieving process was more of just the what ifs and what could have beens. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Yeah. And with my mom, my grieving process for that was, whew. <laughs> that one was messy. <laughs> because it led to pill popping. Mm. It led to, you know, attempted cutting, but mm-hmm. you know, it hurt. So I I'm 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 a worse for pain. <laughs> like I can't handle pain. So I was just like, nope, nope <laughs> no, but I was so determined, but yeah, so I would pop pills instead. And it was more of rebellion, a lot of rebellion. Okay. Like angry. Yeah. Angry grief. Yeah. Yeah, it was very angry, very, very angry. With my dad, the grieving process was, I don't know what the word is. Smoother is not the word. My dad's process, grieving process was different. I think it's because one, I knew God. I had a relationship with God. And I think that made the difference in the sense that I prayed more and that griefing process was more of it wasn't I can't necessarily say anger I was angry because I was mad that he didn't go to the hospital sooner Mm. and I was I was mad because I feel like if he had just you know like most men will only go to the hospital last minute yeah 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 so for me it was just more of that anger of I don't know like maybe the doctors could have saved you type Mm -hmm. of a thing Mm. yeah so my griefing process there is yeah it was more trying to survive trying to make sure that i i i pass you know i think that that's more that's what i was more focused on trying to do i was trying to focus on school I was trying to focus on making sure that I am um, paving my future mm-hmm. like the right future and to make him proud yeah I think that was that was more of my grieving process It mm-hmm. worked for with my dad it was trying to take the steps that would make him proud
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah oh, and my brother <laughs> yeah I went through all the five stages of eh? (laughs) (laughs) cycle through again and again (laughs) yeah my my oh yeah with my brother you could see the five stages of grief yeah you could see all of it (laughs) so yeah oh jeez I think it was only it was only when I was, I think, at acceptance, and Kay mentioned it. He's like, "Yo, you know, you've, you are now at acceptance," and <laughs> I forgot how she had phrased it, and then I was just like, "Oh, oh, okay, that that makes sense." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, okay, fine, it makes sense. It makes sense what was happening because." Like, <laughs> okay, what was that? Well, I was in the moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> huh? Yeah, I went through each and every step and i went through it to the extreme you did you did (laughs) you
0: you you gave it your all (laughs) i gave it i gave it my
1: everything (laughs) (laughs) what are they
0: what are the five stages i want to remember denial and anger yeah
1: so it's denial Mm -hmm. anger Mm -hmm. bargaining mm, depression yeah. And acceptance. Yeah, that was spot on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You would know. Like, in that order. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like, yeah. As I was saying it, I was going through you know like, <laughs> I was experience. going through the memories in my mind. I was just like, whoa geez. I'm like, yeah, that was denial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Who yeah.
0: who would you say you were angry at or what were you angry at in the anger stage what did that look like Uh,
1: with my mom i was angry at god i was angry at god like why why would you take her away i'm gonna grow up without a mom and everybody has moms and mother's days were really hard on me because her birthday always used to fall on mother's day or just around mother's day Mm -hmm. so that was always very hard for me so yeah so my anger was based on based towards God with my mom and with my dad and my yeah my dad and my brother I think I was more angry at them my dad for obviously not getting himself to the hospital quickly enough and myself for not noticing or pushing him to go to the hospital and with my brother I was angry with myself because he died the morning after my birthday we were obviously we were were in different places um, like different cities but I remember saying to myself I should have just told him to come for my birthday I should have just told him to come to Nongo for my birthday then the accident never would have happened then Mm -hmm. he would have been here he would have been here with me so I was angry with myself Mm -hmm. and then I would get angry at him because I was just like why didn't you just stay at school why didn't you just you know not go out and things like that so it was back and forth between angry at myself angry at him Mm. and what did
0: bargaining look like i feel like that one's such um an interesting one you see it at face value but it doesn't really yeah what did that look like for you
1: yeah
0: oh that i know i hear it i hear it it's okay (laughs) Because I see it now, reaction to feelings of helplessness as a need to regain control through a series of if-only statements, such as if only we had sought medical attention, if only we got a second opinion, if only we had tried to be a better person. I see. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. Wow, you really did cycle through, eh? Oh,
1: dude, dude, dude. (laughs) Yeah. I did, I did.
0: How is it grieving in Malawi, like grieving around family and friends? Because at least what I've seen is I'm trying to figure out how to call this. And I don't know that it's just a Malawian thing or an African thing in general, but kind of grief is almost like capitalized on where, especially with social media, where someone passes away and I've heard stories of people who are in the diaspora and they find out through Facebook Mm -hmm. that their parents or their siblings have passed away because so many people are now and this might not even just be an African thing this might be a global thing so many people are already like posting on their wall their Facebook wall which they obviously can no longer read as an attempt to I don't know if that's part of everybody else's grieving process but it kind of interrupts the family members that Mm do do that or we have the whole investment and spending around funerals and around Mm. meeting up and what that should look like in fact yeah Yeah. I think that's a global thing trying to police people's grief in terms of like this is how it should look for you exactly how did you navigate that like what about grieving around those you loved and those you didn't Mm. was hard and what made it (laughs) (laughs) what, what made it hard and what made it easier for you
1: Okay, so what made it hard was I remember with my dad's funeral, one of my cousins, because everyone, again, was feeding the masses because my dad was buried in he wanted to be buried in the village next to his dad. Okay. So I remember getting to the village and one of my cousins telling me that, oh no, can you just cut the tomatoes? And me looking at her and just being like, okay. And her comment till date actually stays in my mind. She said, we have all lost. Okay. And I remember looking at her and not being able to say yes, but that was my last parent. And I wanted to tell her, but you have both your parents. But I was just like, oh, it's fine. I'm going to sit and I'm going to cut the tomatoes. I'm going to be busy Mm. type of a thing. So I didn't get a chance to grieve my dad at his funeral, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. Yeah.
1: So I didn't get the chance to grieve him at his funeral. I was only able to grieve him afterwards by myself Mm. and with like my friends, like my close friends. So what helped? (laughs) Actually, Kay. Yeah. with both my dad and my brother is because Kay, she is a stickler for what do you need yeah so that helped me a great deal and she protected me and didn't care what anybody thought at like at the funeral especially like with my brothers um because she didn't come uh she didn't she wasn't able to come to my dad's funeral at the village but She came with me to my brothers and even when my aunts were trying to say, oh no, where's Vanessa? Oh no, where's this? Keta was just very protective and Mm -hmm. she was just like, no, she's sleeping. No, she's in the room. And I know that irritated and rubbed people the wrong way, but everything (laughs) that I needed, she gave it to me. Mm -hmm. And I needed space. I needed to just, to just grieve, you know, and... I think what also made it difficult at the time, I remember I was dating somebody and, you know, when you're like, oh, this is the one. <laughs> we're going to this be married. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, like, we're going to be married. And then my brother died and I was just like, I do not want to even think about marriage or mm-hmm you know, or just in, any of that. And I remember telling him that whatever talk I may have brought up about engagements and weddings, scratch it, mm. I'm not ready. And what do you think changed? It was more of, I think at the t- time, you know how you're like, oh no, I'm finishing college. You know, you get, you feel some sort of a pressure. Mm. I don't even understand why I allowed myself to feel so pressured. But when you're like, oh no, I'm in my mid-ish 20s. <laughs> Cause yeah, because I was, yeah, was twenty four. That's yeah. early twenties. Yeah, it's and you 20. know, and I, I don't even understand. Why? I wasn't even <laughs> you feel old at those times, <laughs>
0: like oh lord, I'll end up alone.
1: <laughs> but then it's also because yeah. the friends that I had, they were just like, oh no, we're getting to that age where we should all be getting mm. engaged. Mm. But I never really felt the pressure because most of my cousins got married later, like yeah. after thirty. Yeah. Um but then I was just like, oh no, but I'm in a serious relationship and this is leading to marriage. Mm. But yeah, and I think what changed was that I was like, Life is short, we live for today and, and I think at the time I knew that our our relationship needed a whole lot of work. Okay. And definitely marriage wasn't going to fix it. So I remember actually telling him that I'm actually on E right now and we need a break and him refusing and that not sitting right with me and then also trying to grieve but not being able to because it was a whole lot of oh why are you sad you know like mm. you know these questions why are you sad and I was like I lost my brother
0: yeah
1: I am not going to be all happy and jolly Well. yeah for the rest of my life this was <laughs> <laughs> this was during but then yeah so it was at that time where i was just like you know what no i need to go through a process and yeah and i think that was actually kind of, somewhat of a blessing because you know i actually don't even want to talk about what he ended up doing and Mm. um yeah because that's irrelevant but my brother's death stirred up in me I think strength and a different perspective on how I see life or date yeah how do you see it differently well I live for today yeah I live for the moment I live for I try to find peace in the Mm. present Mm. and I'm not saying that, you know. I, I don't plan. <laughs> Transcended. You know, don't think about the future. <laughs> you're just like yolo. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's more of living in the now and trying my best to, you know, when people pop up in my mind. I tr- I'm I'm horrible at texting and calling, but when people pop up in my mind, I try to check up on people and I try to let people know how I feel about them. Especially like if I need to tell somebody I love them, I will. I think it's also just appreciating the people that are in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So having a deeper sense of gratitude for
0: life and the people around you, you'd say? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll Mm -hmm. say that. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I've heard that quite a few times. It's always interesting hearing you speak. One, it's interesting hearing this story because going back to people capitalizing on grief, Mm -hmm. I hear different stories of how each of your family members passed away (laughs) based on who has told me in Malawi because everybody has their own story, especially at the beginning of when the person's passed away. There's just so many people. And I think I don't know, actually, if this is a Malawian thing. Let me not say Malawi, actually. But I think so many people want to own a piece of information when someone is gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. Yeah, own a piece of information. Maybe own a story. Maybe own... Maybe it's not the information. Maybe own a special place in that person's Mm -hmm. life. And Mm -hmm. I can only speak to Malawi because that's what I've seen in terms of loss, in terms of people you know, posting things on Instagram, posting things on WhatsApp. And I've seen a number of instances where people have been told to remove things from their stories because it's just not appropriate. The family is still grieving. The family still doesn't know.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and funny enough, actually, how I found out my brother died is that I got home from a night out because it was my birthday the, um, the day before. And my sister was at the house mm-hmm. and she got a phone call from somebody and they were like, I'm so sorry and she was like, What do you mean? Mm-hmm. And then she told me and she's like, Alex apparently Alex Alex died and I was like, No, that can't be true. Oh, geez. And, and then I went on Facebook and somebody was like, Rest in peace and I was like, Oh jeez what geez. The hell is happening And then I went and I tried to get airtime and I was trying to make phone calls and it was just absolutely crazy but yeah malawian okay not malawians again i think me saying malawians is because you've had that experience yeah yeah, i've had that experience yeah i think people want to be the first to say sorry or to say like oh my gosh rest in peace or i knew first instead of
0: yes or this is the part of of the story that i was a part of exactly i knew them better so i'm
1: grieving too exactly Exactly. Yeah. and then you get people that were getting upset because they sent me a message and I didn't reply and I'm just mm. like oh my gosh like you know we're just trying to be there for you and I'm just like no stop and the fun actually the funny thing is the people that I did feel were there for me and that got me through my brother's death were people that not handle it chill. They I were see what you're saying, yeah, they gave me what I needed because um, I remember calling somebody and telling them that, you know what, I feel like just having a drink today and venting and just talking about it. And then they gave me this speech about don't turn to alcohol, mm. you know. And, th- and I was just like, I am not becoming an alcoholic. Mm. I just want to drink and I just want to talk about my brother. Mm. They're like, yeah, no, but don't. And I'm just like, oh God. Mm. And I remember spending time, actually, it's my husband's family, his his cousins. So I remember spending time with them often, and it was just bands. And yeah. they have absolutely, ups- I don't think they have an idea what they did for me. I don't think they realized the sanity that they put back in me. Yeah. Because I felt like myself, and I felt like, because everyone, <laughs> when you've gone through so much loss i think everybody is one day it's difficult because you never know really how to handle a person i guess and i think they weren't sure how to approach me or or talk to me or i don't know be around me i i i have no idea but they were they were amazing they were just normal they would just made me happy Yeah. Just being around them. And I just wanted to be around them. And I did spend a lot of time with them. And they were really a big part of my healing. So, And for that, I'll forever be grateful, actually. Mm. So
0: what is it that made you feel more like yourself around them? Was it just their ability to just be normal? Just to treat you... Yes. Normally? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was just that. It was just exactly that.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think... I think you're definitely right in that when as a person on the outside, it's interesting actually thinking about it now versus Mm -hmm. thinking about it when you were going through loss, because it's almost as if you know better or know how to respond better when you're younger or you're not as serious. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if that makes sense, but I think, The older we get, we kind of intellectualize a lot of things. Gate things. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So as I am now, I think I would react very differently to how... I was there Because sometimes You're talking And I'm like Oh my goodness You really were going Through the five stages Of grief And I was just there Like hey, <laughs> We're angry today <laughs> like, <laughs> You know what I mean Like I never took it Seriously Yeah I never stood out Of yeah. myself And said Oh my goodness This person is angry Because they've lost You know The third person In their life In my mind I was like We're yeah. angry today Who we gonna punch You know Like I wanna be angry too And like <laughs> I bring in my own Issues of like "Yeah, yeah man You know I'm kind of done with this situation (laughs) and then when you're like sad I was like totally dude like everything's doom and gloom you know like (laughs) what is the purpose of life like (laughs) just drifting just drifting through but I don't think I fully comprehended what you were going through and even what to do about it I think I don't even think I thought about what to do about it. For me, it was just like, oh, you're sad. Do you want some wine? Like, <laughs> <just> like <Yeah. laughs> what is a quick fix? That was, always, that
1: was always your go-to. Yes, it really
0: was. It really was. I was like, yeah. wine or a hug? Um, maybe some <laughs> awkward tears? Uh but yeah it's interesting now seeing friends go through grief and friends families and them try to navigate that and i'm like wow that's so interesting or even hear conversations that people have of this is how the person should be responding or reacting or kind of i think we're quick as outsiders we're very quick to place as like this is an unhealthy thing and this is a healthy thing and of course i think we want the people we love to be safe and we want them to eventually be be sane and healthy but hearing your story i think it's so easy on the outside to step into what you should and shouldn't be doing to grieve properly and what is bad and good i think we create extreme binaries from the outside like you should be happy or why aren't you happy yet i think is a common thing from the outside like when will you be done exactly grieving
1: yeah (laughs) yeah you're like never
0: Yeah. yeah 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 So it's really, really interesting. I mean, I've already told you before that I think you're resilient. I think your ability to even tell the story now and tell the story beforehand, go through what you went through, support or not, is extremely resilient to come out the other, st- the other side and still have joy and still live for the moment and still practice gratitude. And it's interesting because I have to actually practice gratitude. Whereas I think you have an attitude of gratitude, like everything that you've experienced for you is natural. You're naturally like, I will live for the moment naturally. I can't be so focused on plans, like even though I'll have them, like enjoy, be mindful, things that people have to practice, mindfulness, gratitude. Those are things that I have to wake up and I'm like, okay, I have my gratitude journal, (laughs) have my three things on there. You know, (laughs) I have my meditation, my mindfulness, bring me back into the present moment, enjoy the present moment. Those (laughs) things are very natural to you. It might just be your personality, yeah. I'm not sure, or your experience. And I found mm. that you so easily ground me in moments where I'm like losing it because I've tried to think through, like I've just gone down a rabbit hole and you bringing back to just, just be, just literally be and enjoy mm. the moment. And that's really powerful. Gratitude is really powerful. It's really life-changing. I read a book recently that said mm. 21 days. Of practicing gratitude every day has an effect for two months in your brain mm. in the changes that happen in your brain and enables you to have a perspective that recognizes more things that you can be thankful for yeah which is really powerful yeah, yeah. so is there uh-huh. anything anything else that you think people should know
1: Yeah, I mean... About um, you,
0: about grief, about healing, processing.
1: Okay, about healing. To be honest with you, I think... I mean, not to sound so doom and gloom, but you never completely heal. Yeah, I think for me, the pain still feels fresh. And I do get days where I will randomly just burst into tears. Mm. And I remember... Not too long ago, we were at the pub. My husband and he was there with his sister, and we were there with another friend, and she was there with her brother, and we were all just chatting, having having a good time. And then something just snapped, and I just walked out, and I started to cry outside, because in that moment, I wish I had my brother. Mm -hmm. So, I think, yeah. You were talking about how you know people, some people will expect you to be over over it by a certain period of time and I mean my mom died almost 20 years ago and I remember I cried when I gave birth because I wish she was there and it was also because everyone was excited about baby and I was too but um, I was in a whole lot of pain and I felt that no one was taking care of me And I was Mm -hmm. like, if my mom was here, my mom would have taken care of me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and it's a process. I think you do learn to live with it. I think it's a pain that you just learn to just carry. So I think just be kind to yourself if you burst into tears and you're crying like it just happened yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Be kind to yourself. Yeah, be kind to yourself. I feel like in your happiest moments you, you know like from one moment you can just be smiling from ear to ear and then you're like <laughs> 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 you know so shame because you want that person there and actually mm. yeah you do you do you really really do I'm actually trying to remember at the wedding. Because, yeah, like, you know, father and daughter dance. And mm. that broke my heart that I couldn't get that at my wedding. Mm. And it it also broke my heart because in the absence of my dad, I know my brother would have walked me down the aisle. So, mm. But I was so happy. You were. Day. Oh, my were. God. Oh, I, I. <laughs> I don't, don't No, That day I was just so happy. really wonderful. I was like, Aren't you nervous? And I was like, <laughs> No.
0: <laughs> Dude, everyone. And even when your pictures came out or I'm showing pictures to people, you can see it on your face. You can just oh, see, enjoy every single picture and the way you're looking at your husband. <sighs> it's just incredible. People I showed, yeah, um, like, my gosh, she was happy. Like, <laughs> like there's happy on your wedding day and there's you and it's over the moon it's good i was like
1: mine it's good over the moon it's good
0: yeah i actually thought about Mm. you the other day speaking of over the moon have you seen the movie over the moon the animation on netflix Okay, well, it's not it's not um. a great movie, so I don't necessarily recommend it, nor do I recommend it to my <laughs> listeners. No, I'm not here just well, to that's... share the
1: movie. <laughs> I'm going to watch it.
0: <laughs> yes, I think you should. I think you should, and I'll tell you why. You're not phased by me telling you the ending, right? So the movie is on, it's an animation, but the movie is on loss because she loses her mom, and mm. her mom tells her this bedtime story about this goddess that lives on the moon that lost her lover like a long time ago, and now the goddess took a pill, an immortality pill, so she sees her, her lover die on earth and she's just forever in agony waiting for her lover to return. Anyway, the girl goes to the moon because it's an animation, she can do that. She goes to the moon, she meets the goddess and I think the part that really struck me was the woman finds out, she she tries to bring her lover back to life and it works for two seconds and then he fades away and he says, you have to let me go. and she just collapses into herself, like she curls up into this ball, and then she has these like creatures, these moon cakes that are different colors that are like the darkness has returned, and everything just goes dark and i don 't know why you smiled, but everything just goes dark, and Sorry. a box forms around her, and they say it 's the box of impenetrable sadness. So no one can get in. So she's just in this, she's floating in this space and she's just extremely sad. And all of these memories of her lover like going around and no one can get in. And then the girl that lost her mom puts her hand through and she actually, she can actually go in. And I thought that moment was really profound because she's able to empathize. She's able to enter into that box because she's lost someone herself. But the gag is that she doesn't make it mm. to the woman because her memories of her mom come back. They flood back in the box. And then she mm. gets extremely sad. She curls up into a ball and she ends up floating as well. So it's the two of them just floating in impenetrable sadness. And then the woman realizes, <laughs> I know, it's kind of dark, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, this is kind of deep for an animation. Like. <laughs> Your face. You're like, is this a kid's movie? It's a number 10. Yeah. I'm just like, how crazy. But I think it was profound. I don't know that. I I don't know. There were were many happy moments because I think they added the colorful creatures there to do a lot of singing to kind of lighten the mood. But it is a very deep movie. Um, But the woman sees her floating in impenetrable sadness. And then the woman feels empathy for her because she's like you shouldn't be here why are you here and then she realizes oh she's lost her mom and she sings her this song Mm -hmm. i'll try and send you the song but she sings her the song basically talking about how you've lost a love and you can never replace it but you can love someone new and it will be different from Mm -hmm. what you had before but it could bring you just as much joy if you opened your heart to it and in that moment she looks to the side and there's this little brother and he's super (laughs) annoying he's been annoying her the entire (laughs) trip she's been trying to run away from him and it's her little brother because her dad wanted to remarry so he comes from the woman and she's just been irritated he even jumped into the spaceship to the moon without her knowing so he's been calling her sister and before when she gets really upset she says you'll never be my brother and when the woman is singing the song, she looks and this this boy is running into the wall of impenetrable sadness trying to get through and he's falling every time and he's like, give me my sister! <laughs> give me my sister! <laughs> and he's like back and forth. And he breaks oh my through. Gosh. <laughs> he breaks through because oh. he realizes she's like, oh my so gosh. Sad. Yeah, you know. Right? He realizes he's like, oh... She realizes she's like, oh, he loves me. He actually is annoying as hell, but he loves me. So So as soon as she realizes that the wall breaks and he comes through and they hug and embrace and she realizes this is the new love that I could embrace if I just let it in. Yeah. So it made me think of me because you call me very annoying at different times when I was young. <laughs> And I couldn't necessarily get to impenetrable. Oh, jeez,
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I didn't understand because I was it. like, I'm happy. My sister own it. Because <laughs> you were bumping into that wall repeatedly. <laughs> I was like, I'll make it. I'll make it
0: someday. He literally, he kept trying. <laughs> but
1: yeah, you want to be there for people.
0: You want to be there for people Yeah. You love, so
1: from the yeah. other side. I, I think even like for people that are handling people that oh, a person that has lost somebody, like persist, hey. Just be there for the person. Yeah. I think grief looks different for everybody. Um some people will say they don't want you there but want you there and some mm-hmm. people genuinely don't want anybody there, <laughs> there and others do. So <laughs> hey, dude, it's you you can never get it right, but just be available. <laughs> just Sounds be like, I'm here. Yeah. For yeah. Your That's yeah. I think, yeah. I think also just, I don't know. You know, different people. Um, Some people will communicate what they need. And some people won't. Some people won't. Mm.
0: That's just life,
1: though. That's it just is. working
0: through difficult things in life. Yep. Well, Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing with everyone. I think, and I hope yeah. that yeah. helps somebody going through their five stages. Or hopefully, somebody on the other end that's trying to make it through the impenetrable wall of sadness. Keep pushing. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, oh. given everything that you've talked about in terms of how loss affected you in the past and how your grieving process looks like then and you said something before about how healing is a continuous process what is what does the impact of loss look like for you today in like in this present moment with your with your new family
1: okay so the thing about loss um I feel I spoke about loss of my immediate family, yeah? Mm -hmm. But then I've also lost family members that also had a great impact on my life. So it's like Mm -hmm. my grandmother and my two aunts, both on my mom and dad's side, Mm -hmm. that on my mom's side, she was like the fun aunt. The person that I was always at her house during the holidays. And then Mm -hmm. on my dad's side, she is the one that, the first adult that I ever felt that ever heard me or listened to Mm -hmm. me. So those were also big blows in my life. So um, how it impacts me today is actually, I'm scared. I think everyone that I love or is in my life, I know that everyone is going to die someday. But yeah. what the loss that I've had in my life has done is that that's, the, that's my first go-to. If someone had to call me and tell me Jules is in the hospital, my first thought would be, is she dead? Mm. So after the my brother died, I felt that nothing could hurt worse, you know? And then I met my husband and, <laughs> and then actually, nice. <laughs> yeah, and then actually we got engaged and he got bit by a fly and nearly died, mm. which scared the hell out of me. But then for some reason, I, I, <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to die because Kay had had the dream of mm. an August wedding for me. So I was just like, I know he's not going to die because Kay had the dream <laughs> that I was getting married in August. So yeah. I'm definitely getting married to nobody but him. Mm. So he has to live. But it was now a new fear that I now have somebody else in my life that could die Mm. and now that fear intensified when I had my daughter Mm. because now that is something that would shatter me again I think now I'm just like oh god I I I could break so now I have just fear yeah (laughs) how it also manifests is whenever my husband is out Whenever he goes out with friends And drinks And you, you, you laugh because you know this <laughs> Yes. Um, till date I don't sleep well Whenever he is out And it's, it's not an issue of like Oh my gosh who is he with What is he doing mm. No for me it's Is he okay I need him Yeah is yeah. he okay And I need him to send me proof of life Every mm. hour mm. And sometimes he forgets because it, it's just like a simple thing, just a text like, ha ha, guess what, you know, X, Y, Z said. And, mm. you know, like, oh, we're moving, we're moving bars now. So it's things like that. I just need proof of life. And sometimes he'll forget or his phone dies and I go into a state of panic. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's how it is right now.
0: Yeah. It definitely makes me and, and, understand you yeah. a little bit better
1: Yeah.
0: because I knew you had anxiety in that regard, but I never really knew why. Mm. And I guess, yeah, I guess because you've gone through so much from such a young age, it's even hard to track to an experience for me coming yeah. into your life at a later stage. Cause I, I can't track to a time when mm. you didn't feel like that, if that makes sense. But hearing exactly. this, it's like, yeah. it's not your natural state. It's just something that you've had to adapt to survive almost but yeah. my question I have two questions actually that I thought of when you were, <laughs> as always and the first <laughs> <it> was, was <laughs> you said that ever since you went through loss you've had a greater appreciation for life where you've lived for today so how do you balance living for today and then dealing with that anxiety especially as a day-to-day mom yeah because you're constantly married and constantly a mother. So how do you, yeah, how do you balance that when you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go here because my daughter this, or I don't want to do that because Mm. maybe my husband with this. So yeah, how do you balance Mm. the two things? And then I'll just ask my second question after. (laughs)
1: Uh, uh, Sometimes I don't balance it very well. Hey, From time to time, I'll go into just a state of utter panic at, okay, if we go here, what if, like going to the lake, I remember the last last December when we went to the lake in Malawi and my husband, he had stopped by an island. So just, you know, he was with the baby in the water and irrational fear. And I was like, well, what if she just wiggled out of his, you know, arms and drowned? Mm. And But then again, I know that... Once you have a kid, because several moms have said this, that you will imagine the worst yeah. <laughs> accidents. <laughs> so yeah. it's really, really bad. So hence why I, I think <laughs> in the last episode when you're like, what do you need right now? And I was like, therapy? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I have, yeah, like my anxiety has been reaching excessive levels. Mm. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I don't handle it very well. Mm. Like I want to do things, I want us to go out, I want us to have fun, I want us to live And then I get scared that you are hitting 140 and what if this car just, you know mm. <laughs> Yeah, so mm.
0: It's interesting that your fear extended into every situation Like it's mm. not that it's just hospitals or just cars and being out late like it's not specific to the loss that you've had it's just anything yeah Mm. Yeah. Mm. so my other question was what now
1: okay knowing what I know is when I do have my breakdowns I call my cousin she's my big sister Mm. and I've grown up with her and yeah, I was with her almost every holiday and she's the one with the stories of little Vanessa. Yeah. So she will tell you just how much of a drama queen I was. And yeah, I absolutely love it because, you know, there's certain memories that she has that I have no idea. I like, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And she was also close with my mom. So even just having her talk about my mom Mm. because I was young when my mom died so just getting to know my mom through her Mm. so I call her so if I have a random breakdown I'll call her so if my husband's phone is off um, when he's out and I'm in a panic I will call her Mm. and she will talk me down and she'll calm me down so uh, now it's yeah talking to the people that you know have a go-to person mm. and i do i i do have those and if she's sleeping i'll, I'll call my other cousin and i'll be like <laughs> oh my god and she'll be like okay fine are you okay I, what is happening so <laughs> it's not just one person i have several mm. people that mm. i am able to call and talk to yeah
0: that's good uh, yeah community then
1: but that's yeah.
0: yeah yeah community is what it's sounding like. Yeah. people need during these times and in even in the after in the aftermath exactly yeah exactly well thank you all for listening pretty much just Anessa today um we'd love to hear your own <laughs> stories of how you're healing and dealing and grieving so if you could reach out to us on our instagram uncharted unfiltered or facebook at our facebook page uncharted and unfiltered and you can either leave a comment send us a dm fill out google form if you have any questions comments or a need for prayer we're here for you
1: thank you and keep feeling (laughs) yes i think you know people try to suppress their feelings especially during when when you when you've lost somebody Mm. i think i think the one step uh, well this the road to healing is just making sure well, just ensuring that you are feeling everything you're feeling too. Mm. I don't know. It's fullest. I don't know. It helped me. Yeah. <laughs> like as as we laughed that uh, I went, I gave it my all. <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> yeah, I felt
0: it <laughs> all. Yeah. You, you, you labeled those emotions too. So it's good. <laughs> <Is> that healthy. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thank
1: you.